That's right. Good morning, good morning. It is so good to see you. Hey, guess what? It's fall finally. Hey, ain't that cool? And, you know, you, it's hard to think of it being autumn when it's uh, 87 degrees. But today we actually got a little taste of it, and that's pretty cool. So glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of our worship today. Especially want to say thank you to uh, all of you that are our guests today. And we just want to say to everybody, that's the, the few that are sitting on this side, they do love you. Okay, they do love you. They just don't want to sit with you in church. All right, teasing with you, teasing with you. So y'all pray for that side. They need to all that they'll all come back next week. Okay, good to see ya. Huh? Pray for both sides. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right. I hope you picked up a bulletin on the way in. Uh, there is a lot of good information in there. A lot of announcements about some things that are. Uh, going on, and uh, in fact, I forgot one of them. I need to come down here to grab it. Um, one of those things that you're going to uh, read about in your bulletin is that we have begun uh, the Operation Christmas Child Shoebox Collection. Uh, today's kind of our kickoff for that. Uh, if you would like to have a box, the, the empty boxes are located when you go out those double doors into the foyer. If you'll look to the right, they're stacked up over here on the right. Now, we're doing something a little different this year in that we're using uh, pill and stick uh, labels for you to mark for boys or girl or the age, things of that nature. And every box has that sticker inside of it. So you don't have to look for it to pick it up uh, anywhere around where the boxes are stacked. On the back side, it tells you how to pack the gift box, some things that are acceptable, some things that they uh, prefer you not pack in there. And there's certain things that we cannot send to other countries because uh, it is a lot of them are war-torn countries, so we can't send little army men for the boys and things like that because uh, it does does, uh, incite (laughs) some very horrible feelings among those children. So the uh, on the back of the sticker is the ideas for the gift box. On the front is the sticker itself. And there's actually a place so that they make sure we do it right that says, place your label here. How's that? So you know where to put it and mark it. And then uh, bring your field shoe box back to the church. And when you bring them in, if you will, place them somewhere uh, right around the communion table on these steps. Uh, because once we finish collecting, we're going to pray over them before we send them away. And the last day uh, to bring your shoebox back full is November 12th. So please make sure that you do that. Uh, but you'll find your shoebox out in the front foyer. Our goal is 100 boxes. Now, with that said... If we go over 100, we'll, we'll get more boxes. How's that? Uh, there's 50 out there right now. We're going to, once those 50 start dwindling down, don't think, well, they're running out. I've got 50 more that uh, I can bring out, and we'll, we'll replenish those. But shoebox for Operation Christmas Child. Hope that you'll participate in that. Uh, all the other announcements are there for you. Uh, you'll notice that next week we're going to be selecting some messengers at the end of service that will be our um, 
associational messengers for the coming year. And your duties will start as early as October 24th, whenever we have the meeting. Yes, sir, you had a question. Uh, well, you don't seal the box. All you can do is just kind of put a rubber band around it. They'll take care of that once it gets to the processing center. All right. Well, thank you again for being here today. God bless you. Uh, VIP Sunday, six weeks away. Make sure that you have your invite cards, that you're giving those out. You're giving those invitations. You get a yes. Make sure you fill out the response cards. We have some up here already for this morning that are going to be prayed over. Um, when, once you get that yes, write your first name and their first name on the response card, and we'll put it out there on our uh, banner. But again, that's just six weeks away, so that's very, 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 very soon. So pick those up. Let's take just a moment to pray together, and uh, then we'll get about the business of worship, which is why we're here. Thank you again so much for being a part of our service today. Let's, let's pray together. Our Father and our God, how good it is to come into the presence of the one true God. The God that there's none above you, none beside you, none below you, because you are the only one true God, the God of the Bible. And we thank you that you have met us here today. Lord, we thank you that you are in our presence. But Lord, now we pray that you would help us to come into your presence. You are the God that can, that can bring all things together. You are Adonai, our Lord and our Master. You are El Elyon, the God Most High. You are El Shaddai, the Almighty God. You're Elohim, the Creator of all things. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our Provider. You are Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. You are Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. And we come into your presence today to give you praise. And together, let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands toward heaven and praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's just lift our hands toward heaven and praise the Lord.
didn't sing. We're, our new computer is supposed to be delivered tomorrow, so hopefully soon these videos will work. But I'm going to invite you to please stand as we sing together.
Good morning. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, I just uh, I thank you for bringing us all here together. I thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, the ways that we see you working, even the change of the seasons, Lord, we see your hand at work. Father God, you've done so much for us. We have so much to be grateful for. Take this offering as a tithe. Just, just bless it to the furtherment of your kingdom. Take it and make us, I just pray that it comes from a grateful heart. In Christ's name we pray, amen.
Thank you, Joy. Wonderful, merciful Savior. What a beautiful song. I don't know about you guys, but this time of year is, is rough on the allergies for me. So I hope you don't mind that I have brought with me something uh, into the pulpit to kind of wet the whistle. Now, I promise you it's water. Uh, the chief of police is sitting out there in the front foyer. He will vouch for me that I went to the water fountain to get this, okay? Uh, so just know that uh, everything's kosher up here. I hope you'll join me in your Bibles this morning, whether it's on your phone or you have a written copy in your hand, in the book of John, chapter number 15. In the book of John, chapter number 15. And we're continuing our series entitled Greater. And today we're looking at the keys to bearing greater fruit. Now, I will confess to you that this message is primarily aimed at those in the room who already have a relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Now, it may be that this morning, in your honesty of your heart, you would say, well, Tommy, I don't know that I have that relationship. Well, don't, don't check out on me and don't, don't tune me out to this morning because part of it is I want to show you how you can have that relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. In John chapter 15, beginning in verse number 1, if you have a red letter copy of God's Word, you'll notice that all the words we're reading today are in red, which means they were... Uh, uttered by Jesus himself. So we are reading the words of Jesus as he is talking to his disciples. And here's what he says. <clears throat> I am the true vine, and my master is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and they cast them in the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit. And so proved to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. 
just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Let's pray together. Our Father and our God, again we come humbly into your presence and we bow before your throne thanking you for the privilege and honor that is ours today to open up this book that all through human history the words that are written within this book have been proven over and over again to be true. We can place our our very eternity, the weight of our eternity on these words. We know, Lord, that in these words you give us not only truth, but you reveal to us your plan, your purpose for our individual lives. And I pray, God, that as we go through our time together today, that the Holy Spirit of God, who moved upon the heart, the mind, the hand of the Apostle John to write these words, will now move upon our heart to help us understand them. And how they apply to us here and now today. And may your word take root in our life. So that it can change us and transform us. Into the image. Into the person. Designed and desired. By our Lord Jesus Christ. Give us ears to hear. What you have to say to us today. It's our prayer. Amen. At our home, and I know many of you are aware of where we live because we're neighbors with some of you, we have uh, several large trees in our yard. And they look nice, and man, they provide some great shade in the summer months. But every single week in the summer, before I can mow our lawn, I have to go through our yard and pick up dead limbs and branches. Because inevitably, even though these trees are beautiful and providing such shade, every time the wind blows or a thunderstorm passes by, there are limbs, dead limbs, lying in our yard. And so they have to be picked up before I can mow the lawn. In fact, we have a large pile in the wooded area behind our house where we always go to discard those dead branches. And so it is a testimony there in our, our backyard, in that wooded area. There's a testimony to the dead branches that have fallen out of the trees. You see, there's only two kinds of branches. You only have two kinds of branches if you have trees in your yards, just like I only have two kinds of branches if I have trees in my yard. Well, I get it. There's, there's, different, uh, there's different trees and, there's, uh, and things of that nature. But still, even though they're different trees, there's only two kinds of branches, and that's 
alive, living branches, and dead branches. That's, that's all you have. You have either living branches or dead branches on your trees. That's, that's all you can have. Now, since Israel was primarily an agrarian society, the people who hung out with Jesus were very knowledgeable concerning vines and branches. Now, the reason that's important is because in John chapter 13, Jesus has just celebrated the Passover with his disciples. He washes their feet there, and he also begins to tell them of his pending betrayal, his death, and his resurrection. And then chapter 14 closes with Jesus saying to his disciples, Get up and let us go from here. So they're leaving the upper room and they're going somewhere. Now, all four of the gospel writers tell us where they were going. That immediately following this Passover feast, this last supper, the Lord's Supper, some call it, Jesus led his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane so that he could pray. You see, his betrayal was now just hours away. And the weight of what was about to take place as he was preparing to die for the sin of all mankind was weighing heavy on his heart and on his mind. And he, he wanted to talk to God the Father. And, and he wanted to to gain strength and encouragement for what lie ahead. He, he was preparing for that great sacrifice. Now, some Bible scholars think that as they were walking from the upper room to the garden, that they may have passed by a vineyard, and that in passing by that vineyard, that prompted this teaching that Jesus pointed to those, those great vines and began to make reference to Vines and branches. And others say, well, no, 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 I don't think that was it. I believe that as they were making their way, they passed by the temple. And over the door, the entranceway to the temple was emboldened a vine and a branch over that doorway. Because God had often used vine and branches to symbolize his relationship with Israel. So it was over the temple and that maybe as they were walking by, someone was talking about how beautiful the temple was looking that particular day or that evening. And, and Jesus pointed to the emblem over the top of the door and he began to teach them about vines and branches. Now, regardless of what prompted that teaching, Jesus had something very, very important to say to them as he was marching toward the cross and preparing for his death, there was something he wanted them to understand. And it's the, this, this teaching that we look at today, we need to understand that just as, imp, as it was important for the first disciples, it's important for you and I today. Because Jesus has of us the same expectations, desires, for our life as he had for these first disciples. As Jesus spoke about the vine and the branches, they understood. So from this great teaching from the Messiah, I want us to notice today three keys to bearing greater fruit. The first key is simply this, that 
in order to bear greater fruit, there must be a living relationship. A living relationship. We've already noted, and Jesus acknowledges here, there's only two kinds of branches. Every person in this room is represented in those two categories. Either you are a living branch or you are a dead branch. All of us fit into one of those two categories. There is no third category. So, to make sure that there was no misunderstanding about what Jesus was about to teach, he very plainly and clearly says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. Let's don't get that confused. We don't, we don't want any misunderstanding here that Jesus and Jesus alone is the vine. That only the, the Godhead Trinity can serve as the vine. And so don't confuse yourself as a vine because you can never be a vine. That, that distinguishing uh, characteristic belongs only to the Godhead Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So you can never be the vine. Are you with me so far? If you are, just say amen. Let me know you're awake. Okay, all right. All you can ever be All I can ever be is a branch. I'm either going to be a living branch or a dead branch, but I can't be anything other than a branch. Now, what he's trying to teach them in this passage is the importance of a person's relationship with him as Messiah. That's what he's trying to teach them. He's not just giving them some... Lesson on husbandry and, and, and how to, uh, to grow and raise, uh, you know, vineyards and things of that nature. That's not what he's trying to teach them. He's trying to teach them the, the significance and the importance of a person's relationship with him. He's the vine. You're the branches. So there must be some level of relationship. The vine, what we, we, we know and understand just from our own knowledge, is that the vine is the very source of life for the branch. And if you sever that branch from the vine, you kill the branch. And you render that branch useless. That's why I have a big pile of dead branches in my backyard. Because they have been severed from the trees. And they have fallen out. They can't bear leaves any longer. If they were fruit branches or fruit trees, they could bear fruit no longer. So those branches, all they can do is lay in that pile and be dead branches. That's all they can do. Because the life is in the vine. And the vine is the source of life for the branch. So... Here's what he's trying to say about that first key to bearing any fruit at all is you have to be attached to the vine. There must be a relationship, a living relationship with the vine. So it is that in our spiritual life, the the key to us bearing any fruit that brings glory to to God is that we must be attached to Jesus, who is the vine. Now, I'm, I'm 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 putting it on a level where I can understand it. I hope you can as well. 
a branch cannot produce fruit by itself. It just can't. It cannot produce fruit. So let's put that, take that out of the agrarian uh, knowledge and put it into the spiritual knowledge. And here's what we would say. No man can please God and glorify God by himself. Okay, that we're just taking the same analogy from the branch and, and the vine and we're putting it into that, that spiritual reality that when you are detached, when you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you cannot bear fruit that brings glory to God because you are detached from the very source of life, which is the vine. So dead branches can't produce fruit. You know why? They're dead. That makes sense? Dead branches can't produce fruit because they're dead. We've said it this way before. Lost people act lost because they're lost. It's the same principle. if, if If you have no relationship with Christ, if you have no relationship with Him as your Messiah, as your Savior, you can't produce His life through you Because you're detached from him. Now listen to how Paul explains this. To the the believers in Ephesians. He says to those believers, he said, "You You were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all previously lived... In the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of our flesh and of our mind, and were by very nature the wrath, uh, the children of the wrath of God, just as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, here's what he says to believers He's made us alive together with. Christ, for by grace you are saved. He's he's explaining to these believers in Ephesus that all of us start out, our beginnings are as a dead branch. But that God loves us so very much and that while we were dead branches, He provided a living vine. And He invites us to be grafted into the living vine so that now the life of the living vine can flow through what once was dead but now is alive and can bring forth fruit. So there has to be that living relationship. And and let me say this. Living branches possess the life of Christ in them. The living branches possess the life of the vine in them. Now get get this now. I want to make sure you understand. There are dead branches that can only profess to have the life of Christ in them. In other words, just because a person says that they have the life of Christ in them, it doesn't mean they have the life of Christ in them. You say, well, then how do you tell if a person really does or not? 
I'm glad you asked that question. Can I answer for you? The living branch will bear fruit. That dead branch that only possesses, that professes to have life in it, cannot bear fruit. It can only say that it is something that it's not. It can say that it's alive. It can say that it has a relationship and that it's attached to the vine. But if, but if it's dead, it's dead. It can't produce fruit. So how do we tell the difference? How do we tell the difference between a living branch and a dead branch? The living branch produces fruit. And, and so that's, he, he's helping us to understand that if, if we're going to have a life that bears evidence of our love for Christ and, and, and bears out of our life a character that brings glory to God, it must begin with a living relationship. That's the only place it can begin. So then he takes us to the second key to bearing greater fruit. The first one is you have to be attached to the vine. You have to have a living relationship. The second one, there must be a loving relationship. Now, there's, there's something amazing that takes place in this passage of Scripture. First, he begins talking about fruit. Then he mentions more fruit. And by the time we get down to verse number 5, he says, much fruit. So do you see that there's three different levels of fruit bearing that he's talking about? That all living branches should bear some fruit. But as the branch matures in its relationship with the vine, there becomes more fruit. And that as that relationship continues to grow, and as that, that, that branch continues to draw its life from the vine, it will eventually begin to bear much fruit. So there's this growing relationship. There's fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Every one of us that are believers in this room, we're in one of those three categories. We're only bearing some fruit, or we're bearing more fruit, or we're bearing much fruit. We fall into one of those three categories. And it's all based upon how our relationship with Christ is growing. Now, here, here's what I mean. Having a living relationship with Christ is our union with Him. But having a loving relationship with Christ is our communion with Him. See, let me, let me share with you. Even, even, even our, our dictionaries that's written for secular purposes defines communion as this, the sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings, especially the exchange is when the exchange is on a spiritual level. In other words, it's to, it's to grow in a deeper relationship with Christ. Now, I want to tell you something. If you don't know this already, I want to make sure you know this before you leave here. I love my wife. I fell in love with her the first time I saw her. I just did. Now, she can't say that about me. It took some convincing. But I did. I just, man, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting and pricing groceries in the back of a, of, well, it was Food Town at the time. 
just dated myself, didn't I? And this new cashier walked in and makes her way to the break room. And I thought, wow. I mm, be still my heart. Mm, I fell in love. And then the first couple of times we went out, I felt a little bit deeper in love. But can I tell you something? After 38 and almost 39 years of marriage, I love her more today than I loved her the first time I saw her. Because that's the way relationships grow. You grow in your love for each other. So it is with our relationship with Christ. So it is with my relationship with Him. When I first bowed my knee before Him and I confessed Him as my Lord and Savior and cried out to Him to save me, in that very moment He, 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 he grafted this dead branch onto His living vine. And in that moment, his life began to flow through me. There was, a, there was a level of love that I had for the vine, for Christ. But can I tell you something? After all these years, I love him more today than I did then. Because it is a growing relationship. And, and, and that's what he's talking about here, talking about a loving relationship. We, we, first, we start out with the union. But then we begin to enjoy the communion with, the, with Christ. Now he, he is, he is, his life in me literally becomes not just something that is part of me. It becomes all of me. And, and, and that's what he's talking about in this passage of Scripture. Here's the way he describes communion in verse number 9. Just as the Father has loved me... I have also loved you, abide in my love. In verse 7, he said it this way. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We've already talked about this in another passage of Scripture. He's not just saying slap in Jesus' name on the bottom of every prayer and you're going to get whatever you ask for. That's not what he's saying. But here's what he is saying. That when you are living in a in, in a living, loving, growing relationship with Christ. And His life is, is growing in you and coursing through you. Then you will know what to pray for. You'll know how to pray. And when you know and pray God's will, the answer is always yes. When you know and pray God's will, the answer is always yes. God's never going to say no to his will. So it's a loving relationship. The fruit that's born by the branch is not a product of the branch. It's not what the branch is doing for the vine. Do you get that? The branch isn't bearing fruit because it wants to please the vine. It isn't the branch doing it for the vine. Here's what it is. The fruit by the branch is evidence of the vine's life in it. It's the vine producing the fruit through the branch. Don't that take some pressure off of you as a believer? Here's what I mean. If you, if you are just trying to always do something for God, do something for 
Christ. That's the branch trying to, outside of the power of the vine, bear fruit. You can't do it. But when you're in a living, loving relationship with the vine, the vine will begin producing fruit through you, the branch. So now the fruit becomes evidence. Evidence of what, Tommy? That the branch is alive? Yes. But also evidence of its relationship with the vine. Can I tell you something, believer? God doesn't want you to work for him. He wants to work through you. That's the difference. That's the loving relationship. The love of God is displayed through us by our loving communion with Jesus Christ. So there must be a living relationship. There must be a loving relationship. But then third key, there has to be a lasting relationship. Now, can I be perfectly honest with you? Can I just confess something here to you? Verse 6 has always been perplexing to me and caused me to sometimes ask some serious questions. Verse 6 says that if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up and they gather them and they cast them into the fire and they are burned. If we're not careful... The implication of that verse will be that if someone begins abiding in Christ, that suggests a union, but doesn't remain that way, that they're like dead branches that are gathered and burned up. So I prayerfully began my search for the, for, for the meaning of that verse. Because I want you to understand, I do not believe that a born-again believer can lose his salvation. I believe that once you are saved, you are saved and sealed to the day of redemption. That you cannot be unborn and you can't be unsaved. If you were born again into the family of God, you can't be unborn. Does that make sense? Nicodemus had that same, same issue. He said, well, no, I don't know. wait a minute, Jesus. You said we must be born again. How, how does a man reenter his mother's womb and be birthed a second time? I, I just don't get that. And Jesus said, well, whatever is... Born of flesh is flesh, but whatever is born of spirit is spirit. And, and so he's telling them, I'm talking about a different kind of birth. So here's what, here's what God began to reveal to me. After a lot of prayer, a lot of reading authors that I trust, God began to open my eyes to that truth that this must be a lasting relationship. Let me unpack that very, very quickly. You ready? As long as a branch remains healthy, And attached to the vine, it bears fruit. All of those limbs that I pick up out of my yard every week that I mow was at one time a living branch. But something happened with that branch. Maybe it was fractured. Maybe it was diseased. But something caused it to become unhealthy to the point that it detached. Now, here's, stay with me. 
If disease sets in and invades the branch, it will slowly begin to rob it of its ability to produce fruit. And that branch will become as useless as a dead branch. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. Jesus is not talking about the vine withdrawing its life from the branch. He's talking about the branch that, that loses its ability to bear fruit because it's become unhealthy. Does that make sense? Let me, let's, when you and I are truly born again and saved by grace through faith, we are instantly filled with the life of Christ. However, if as a believer, we begin to allow unrepentant sin to take root in our life, we begin to lose our ability to bear fruit that glorifies God. Jesus wasn't talking about losing our salvation. What he was talking about is for the believer losing or forfeiting the opportunity to produce fruit in our lives that glorify God. When we allow sin to abide in our life, it doesn't break our union with Christ. We're still united with Him, but here's what it does. It breaks our communion with Christ. Unfruitful Christians are living in unrepentant sin and they will lose their opportunities to bring glory to God. Now, when I finally came to, to, to grips with that reality, when he's not talking about, I, I, I can't, when he's, when he's telling me, you don't lose your salvation, Tommy, but here's what you can lose. If you allow sin to become embedded in your life and you are refusing to repent and you embrace that sin and you harbor that sin and you pet that sin and you let that sin grow in your life, it begins to disease you as a branch of the vine and you lose your ability to bear fruit. Now, let me tell you something about these branches that come off of these grapevines, they weren't good for anything once they were dead branches. Couldn't build a house with them. You, you, you couldn't construct anything with it. The only thing these branches were good for was to, was to keep warm by on a cold winter's night and put them on the fire. And, and that's what he's telling us, is that there are believers. And listen, I, I'm praying this morning that you're not one of these believers, okay, who have allowed sin to be harbored in your life, that you have, you know that it's there, you're aware of it, God has convicted you of it, you refuse to repent of it, you like it, you love it, you're going to hang on to it, and you're allowing that sin in your life, that sin will begin to rob you of your ability and opportunity to bring glory to God. Let me give you an example. How many of us have tried to invite someone to church or invite them or share our faith with them and the first thing they throw back at you is a dead branch? Well, I know Joe over there. Sorry, Joe. I know Joe over there. He claims to be a Christian. He drinks as much as I do. He cusses as much as I do. He goes to the same place as I go. He watches the same 
movies I watch. This is the same music I listen to. Why do, why do I need? Why, why do I need your Jesus? If Joe, Joe goes to church every Sunday, Joe, Joe claims to be a Christian. So what's the deal? You know what they just did? They threw a dead branch at you. That Joe may be fully, very much so, a child of God, but Joe may be allowing sin to be harbored in his life. And guess what he just did? He lost his opportunity. And his ability to bear fruit. So you know what God would do with Joe? If Joe continues to be unrepentant. He would just take that branch. And say well you ain't going to bear fruit anyway. You lost your opportunity. Did I lose my salvation? No. But I want to tell you something. I don't want to be Joe that day. Sorry Joe. I don't want to be Joe that day. When I stand before God and have to answer for why I lost my opportunity and ability to bear fruit when he put his life in me the whole time. That's what he's talking about. That's why he says it has to be a lasting relationship. To bear fruit, we have to protect our lasting relationship with Jesus. So that brings us to the end of this teaching of the keys to bearing fruit. It needs to be a, a living relationship. And, and it may be today, like I said at the very beginning, you would be honest and you say, well, Tommy, I don't know if I have that relationship with Christ or not. Let me, let me tell you how you can. I want you to know that the vine desires for you to be grafted into him so that you can bear fruit that bears glory to him. And, and, and here's, here's, how it, here's how it begins. You've got to admit you're a dead branch. You've got to admit that you don't have that relationship with Christ. You've got to admit it, not just to, to me or, or to, to even to yourself. You, got, you come to him and you confess, Lord, I'm a sinner. And, and, and I'm dead in my trespasses and sin. But, Lord Jesus, you are the living vine. You are the one who purchased life for me by dying for that sin. And so, Lord, today I come to you and I bow in your presence and I ask you to save me by your grace. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. I want you to be my vine. And listen, when we pray that with our heart and, and place our faith in Christ, then something beautiful begins to happen in that very instant that you pray that prayer and you surrender to the vine, He grafts you into Himself. And the life of Christ begins to flow into your life. You become a living branch. That's how you become one. We have to be a living branch if we're going to bear fruit. That loving branch is going to bear even more fruit. When we begin to, to grow in our relationship with Christ, and suddenly His life in us begins to display itself outside of us. We don't walk the same. We don't talk the same. We don't think the same. We don't do the same things. We, we, we start... It changes us. It's not us changing us. It's Him changing us from the inside out. It's His life working its way out of us so that others can see it. So the most important question this morning is, do you have a living relationship with Jesus? If not, today's the day. 
The next question is for those who are believers, and I just simply want to ask you, is the fruit that being produced in your life giving evidence that you're in a loving relationship with Jesus? And then the last question is very simple. Are you harboring unrepentant sin in your life? Because if you are, you are moving yourself toward losing your opportunity and your ability for your life to bring glory to Christ. And today is the day of repentance. In just a moment, we're going to stand together and we'll sing together. And all this time is, while we do this at the end, is our opportunity to respond to the truth that God has given to us. You can respond in, in however you, you feel led of God to do. It may be that God moves upon your heart that I need this living relationship and I don't have it. I, I'm going to be down front or I'll be available after service. Come, come to me and say, Tommy, I, I want to know more about this living relationship. I don't think I have it and I want it. Uh, what do I need to do? And, and, and let us walk through that together. It may be that you... You're not growing in your relationship with Christ. You're not bearing the fruit that he wants to bear in your life. And it may be today that whether it's in that pew where you are or in this altar at the front, you just need to bow your heart and your mind before a holy God and say, God, forgive me for not letting your life produce in me that which you want to produce. Lord, forgive me. Help me to grow in my relationship with you. It may be that you're harboring that unrepentant sin and God's tapped you on the shoulder today and he said, huh, huh, you need to know you are, you're, you're walking in dangerous territory because you're getting loose. You're, you're getting close to losing your ability and your opportunity to bear fruit for me. You won't lose your salvation, but you're going to lose that opportunity. And it may be that today's the day you need to, either in that pew or in this altar, you need to come before a holy God and just say, Oh God, forgive me. I, I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin. I don't want, I don't want that sin in my life anymore. I, I, I don't want to be hindered by it. I don't want to be diseased by it anymore. I want my life to bring glory to you, God. So, God, forgive me. Wash me clean. By the way, isn't that what Jesus said to his disciples? You have already been washed and you are clean by my word. So it is that you can be today. In just a moment as we stand and sing, that's our opportunity to respond. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you love us too much to let us just remain a dead branch. That what you desire of every living human being on this planet right now is that they would have a living relationship with you. That, Lord, you so desire for your life to course through their life. And, Lord, I pray that if there's one in this room right now, one that is going to watch this through the Internet today or in days to come, that doesn't have that relationship, that living relationship with you, that today, Lord, they'll understand that there's, there'll never be anything more than just a dead branch without it. And that today will be the day that they desire the vine because we know the vine desires the branch. Lord, you've done everything 
that needs to be done in order for them to be made alive. May today be that day. Lord, I pray for that one that's not growing in their relationship. They have a union with you. They've been born again, saved by grace. They're saved. They're on their way to heaven. But they're not growing in their relationship. And they're still as an infant in their relationship with you. And they can't bear more fruit because they're just barely bearing fruit. May today be the day, Lord, that they they determine within their heart and mind to walk closer to you, to live in communion with you so that their life can give evidence of your life. Lord, I pray for that one that's sitting in this room right now or those that will watch this later who's harboring that unrepentant sin. They're saved. They know they're on their way to heaven. But, Lord, they become callous. They become frivolous in their life, and they've allowed sin to enter in, and they're harboring it. They're, they're, they're petting it. They're nurturing it. And, Lord, it's robbing them of their ability and their opportunity to bring glory to you. Lord, how I pray that today will be a day of repentance, a day of restoration that only you can give. In these next few moments, Lord, raise up living, loving, lasting branches. For it's in that precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, I pray. Amen. Let's stand together as we sing.
thank you so much for being here today. God bless you. Uh, don't forget it to pick up your VIP invitations, uh, your shoebox out front. And youth, if you're planning on going to the corn maze next Sunday, immediately following service, uh, we're going to feed you guys. And then we'd like to pile up as a group and all go to a uh, almond farm corn maze. If you plan on going with us, we need a permission slip from you. So uh, you can pick those up today. Lori, there she is waving her hand. She's the one. Uh, so you can go uh, see her and she'll get that to you. Uh, we need that in hand next Sunday before we can let you go uh, with us. So just keep that in mind. Thank you again for being here. We're going to take just a moment to bow our hearts and be dismissed in prayer. I hope to see you next Sunday. Our Father and our God, thank you that your desire is to produce fruit in us and through us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are that vine, that you are alive. And, you, Lord, you, you desire for your life to course through each of us. So, Lord, make us that fruitful branch. And I pray, Lord, if there's anything in our life that's hindering that, that's keeping that from taking place, that today, Lord, you'll convict us of that. So that we'll lay those things aside. We'll repent of those sins. And, Lord, that uh, you will be glorified in us. Dismiss us now with your love and your grace. Keep each one safe as they travel home. And just pray, Lord, that you'll bring us back at the next appointed time. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.